When a nerdy, slovenly, pervy 40-year-old recluse gets hit by a truck, he closes his eyes one last time before opening them in a newborn's body. Some of his creepier tendencies may remain, but his new chance at life is not one he will take lightly, especially when he realizes this world is one of fantasy and magic, and he has quite the knack for the latter. Is Mashoko Tensei the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime, or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. I'm Lauren. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. the side of a mountain i want to be very clear it's the side of a mountain oh my I, God. It's, and we're like i'm not joking t- higher than t- ten thousand feet up in the air it was really we are, pretty high we are over two miles in the sky on the side of a mountain driving like fucking with these like sharp turds these whip fast things i, was I think i'm gonna very die careful you were i never said no 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 Do you okay, know what this this sounds like PJ being like, I had to walk to school up the hill, both going both <laughs> ways in the snow, it, and it was hailing, and on top of a cliff. Someone, someone like helps their friend move to LA, and I'm like, back when my friend, best friend moved out, <laughs> I had to drive on the side of a mountain two miles in the sky. <laughs> you know, this wouldn't have had to happen if Lauren didn't leave. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I know, I know. You found no joy. You pulled the Marie Kondo. You left California because it had held no more joy uh, yeah. or fulfillment for you. I th- I thanked it for its time and then I let it go. But at least I still get to talk to you guys every week. It's true. We are yeah. amazing. But I'm sure what you're happiest about is that you no longer have to work at the job that that while you enjoyed did start start to uh no longer bring joy as the Marie Kondo would say. And yeah. you are now jobless. Uh, and speaking of being jobless, hello and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ and Skylar, guide their non-weeb friend, Lauren, through a new anime every week to determine if it's a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This week we are watching Mashoko Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, as we continue through Isekai Month. Whoop, whoop. I love Isekais. Oh, yes. East yeah, so far, you, so far you have, so far we're two for two. Let's see if we can continue this trend with Mashoko Tensei Jobless Reincarnation. So Lauren, mm-hmm. that name alone tells you, definitely gives you some idea of the plot here, right? I, so tell yeah. me, with that name, what did you think it was going to be about? Okay, so like the first half is definitely a name, right? Mashoko Tensei is the protagonist. And I think he is being reincarnated over and over into jobs people don't realize are jobs, like a mansion sitter or a professional stand-in, a stand-in liner or like a golf ball diver, like those weird jobs that like people are like, you get paid to do that? Yeah, essentially. And so I think he's being reincarnated into different universes slash worlds other than his own. And that is where the isekai comes in. But it's just this normal dude in fantastical worlds doing the weirdest goddamn jobs before he's whisked away to do something equally as weird somewhere else it's a a cosmic temp agency i love this cosmic temp agency is my new grunge band (laughs) like (laughs) i love everything about what the plot you have put out and i love that name skylar (laughs) (laughs) i love this isekai where it's just this is great. I love this. 
Tell me, once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change? Uh, yes, it did, because there's definitely yeah, magic in this world, or at least an element of fantasy. Not me super sad, because I love the idea of a cosmic temp agency. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the anime that we write, PJ. TM, TM, TM. A, yeah, there you go. So I'm thinking this is an us versus them situation. The us is the Mushoku Tensei and them is the people facing away on the poster. So the jobless reincarnation, I think all the characters facing us are Mushoku Tensei's different reincarnations. And I think the people facing away from us are other characters he is going to be encountering throughout his reincarnations. I think there's multiple. So the people at the top of the poster, the ones who are like walking away, I think that is Mushoku's teacher and his best friend. And they're part of this organization that's going to better the world, but people are going to have to die to make that happen. And Mushoku is like, absolutely not. We need to save everybody. And they're like, okay, well, like the world is dying and it's because of people. So we're gonna kill you because we need to have, you know, we need to make this world better for everyone in the future. But he ends up getting reincarnated instead of just dying. So those are the two main antagonists who are running this operation to save the world. And then the man in the bottom right corner in the like emerald green hue vibe, he is in the organization and he's definitely a strong boy. And I think he's in the organization like having doubts about whether what they're doing is actually the right thing. So he may or may not join Mishoku later in the anime, but I'm not sure. So the one in the middle... The one who's like in actual color, that is Mushoku Tensei. This is his Doctor Who moment where it's he's the same person, but every time he dies, he gets reincarnated into a new version of himself. So same personality, different face, different. I thought you were going to be like all the people in the background or the different people he's reincarnated into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones facing us. So this is his most recent reincarnation is the one in the front when he's holding this like spear weapon thing i'm not really sure so that's the one we're following right now he's definitely a wizard harry and he is trying to save all of the people (laughs) on his planet and then the three faces in the background that we can see the one in the the red hue the blue hue and the like greenish yellow one with the pointed ears those are all his past yeah the lime green skylar spoiled your prediction Kind of, but that's okay because I think it it makes sense, right? So those are his past reincarnations. So the one with the red filter is definitely the fighter and she was like super fierce and getting all up everyone's business. She probably got into the most trouble and then was reincarnated into the version with the blue filter and she was a witch. So she has very strong spellcasting vibes. And then the lime green one, I'm assuming is an elf or a, I'm assuming is an elf. Yeah. With the pointed ears. So I'm thinking another strong spellcaster with a very intense connection to the world and to the people in it. And so Mushoku Tensei in the middle here is a magic boy, definitely is feisty from his past lives too. And he is now trying to save everyone in his world before the dark secret organization destroys everything when the in the name of saving 
the world itself. Now tell me, uh, these characters are obviously featured on the poster. Now, are we going to get a lot of flashbacks or is he going to like Avatar State consult with his former lives type of vibe? Like, tell me, yeah, like what's the vibe? I had anticipated more of flashback situations, but I think there's probably going to be that penultimate scene where he has to call on all of the traits and all of the strengths of his past selves. And so like they're all together in one scene they all become like one person and then that's how they probably take down the organization in the end all of them combined yeah all right i was sad to lose cosmic time agency but i like this (laughs) concept a lot Um, so i hope it is what we're watching because we are about to do so as we take a quick break to watch episodes one and two of mishoko tensei jobless reincarnation so we're gonna do that we'll be right back stay tuned All right, we're back and we have Lauren watch episodes one and two of Mashoko Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, henceforth just referred to as Mashoko Tensei. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? This was absolutely beautiful. Like, it was just so breathtaking. The story and the characters and the world, and I'm obsessed with this anime. Yeah, I had concerns going in and i think you could probably tell why sure sure (laughs) um but i just fell hard for this anime it's so good seriously it's so good uh but before we get into it let's go through some quick housekeeping which obviously i'm sure you know now his name is not mishoko tensei it's not (laughs) this is a kimini tadoke for me to you situation where it's just the japanese and english together in the name so it just means jobless it just means jobless reincarnation Well, you know, uh, my favorite show, Jobless Reincarnation, reincarnation? Jobless, Jobless reincarnation. reincarnation. It's kind of like how Simba from The Lion King, his name translates to lion. So he's just yeah. lion. <laughs> lion, the lion. Lion, the lion. So, yeah, obviously, um, you know, that's the, the full, the thing is called Mishoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation. So we go with the full name, but it's similar to our Kimi Nitsudoke for media situation where we're like, well, they have both of theirs. So we're going to say both. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, it's, it's interesting, though, and I, I'll bring this up uh, because the Japanese name is Mishoko Tensei Isekai Itara Honki Dasu, which translates Ooh. to Jobless Reincarnation. I will seriously try if I go to another world. Uh, it is a light mm-hmm. novel cre- uh, written by Rifujin na Magonote that was started as actually a web novel in Shoshetsuku Minaru that ran from November 2012 to April 2015 before getting a full light novel release uh, and adaptation in MF Books, also by Magonote, that ran from July 2014 and is still ongoing for also a current 25 volumes. Um, it did get a manga adaptation that was done in Monthly Comic Flapper that ran from May 2014 onward because it is still ongoing with a current 17 volumes. There are three manga spin-offs. There is a four-panel comic of Mushoku Tensei that ran from October 2018 to August 2020. Uh, the spin-off Roxy Gets Serious that ran from December 2017 <laughs> onward. And uh, the most recent uh, spinoff, which was Eris, Serious Fangs and Tools, which released in March of 2022. The anime was directed by Manabu Okamoto and done by Studio Bind, which was a studio specifically created to ma- to produce Mashoko Tensei. It is actually a spinoff of White Wolf Studios, uh, <gasps> but Studio Bind's only anime where it is the main producer, at least when Mashoko Tensei released, because it has done one other anime since, is Mashoko Tensei. It was 
done for Tokyo MX. Season 1 ran from January to December of 2021 for 23 episodes and one OVA titled Eris the Goblin Slayer. But do not worry, it is not a disturbing crossover with Goblin Slayer. It is just called that. Thank God. God. <laughs> and Season 2 is slated for 2023. In addition to that, there is a phone game called Mashogo Tensei Game Ninate. Game Ninate Mo Honki Dasu, which is why I brought up earlier that the Japanese name translates to Jobless Reincarnation. I will seriously try if I go to another world because this game is called Jobless Reincarnation. I'll seriously try even if it's made into a game. <laughs> and in addition to all of that, there's also an audio drama that released April of 2017. But with all of that, let's get into episode one and two super quick. After being hit by a truck and dying, a homeless and jobless Japanese man reincarnates into a fantasy-like world as Rudius, son of the swordsman Paul Greyrat and his wife, the healer Seneth. Keeping his memories of his previous life, Rudius quickly learns to read and eventually starts practicing magic. Noticing his aptitude, Rudius's parents hire the adventurer Roxy Migurdia as his magic teacher. Roxy has some doubts at first about tutoring him due to his tender age until she witnesses his unique ability to cast magic instantly and realize his potential. As the Grey Rat family gives Roxy a welcome party, Rudius vows to work hard to improve himself and make proper use of this second chance he was given to have a happy and fulfilling life. Rudius reminisces about his past life when he was expelled from home and was hit by the truck that killed him while attempting to save some teenagers. He spends the next month training magic with Roxy until the day of his five-year-old birthday party when Roxy declares that she has nothing more to teach him and will hold his graduation exam. The next day, Rudius leaves his home for the first time accompanied by Roxy. He gets distressed over his past trauma when he was severely bullied by his classmates in school that led him to becoming a recluse agoraphobic, but he ends up overcoming it once he realizes how Roxy has blended well with the villagers, despite all the prejudice she usually suffers due to her demon origin. In the exam, Rudius manages to summon a massive thunderstorm and Roxy declares that he passed. Roxy then departs to continue her journey and Rudius thanks her for everything she has done for him. And that's episodes one and two of Mashoko Tensei. It's so beautiful i love it it's also horny but like tastefully horny yeah so like obviously my biggest concern and i think this is like legit criticism that this anime gets which is fair is that you know uh rudius was a bit of a fucking creepy perf right yes Yes, absolutely. Um, in his former life, and even obviously that carries on into his current life. At least you know, it, and it is sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. Like mm-hmm. in terms of like how much it's uh, shown, because mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, he's still a forty-two-year-old man who is like horny. Um, yeah, but like you know, he very he is very cognizant of not being as bad as he was in his former life. He's very cognizant of being like I've gotten a second chance. Maybe don't be that bad. He definitely lets the let's like get the better of himself sometimes but i think it's always done in a way where it's eventually like okay i need to take this back a notch because it's maybe going too far i do think mm-hmm. he is maybe also a little influenced by his bloodline he definitely is well this is maybe <laughs> a bit of a spoiler because obviously Skyler and i've seen more of this anime the gray rats are a horny bunch the gray rats are a horny oh. bunch I mean, the amount of times that his parents were just... He is, he is fucking Zenith 24-7. Oh my god. Which, like, also, let's talk... Like, this show, again, is a little horny, but I, I think in a... Again, in a weird way, in a very natural way, mm-hmm. like, Paul and Zenith are having sex pretty often, but never in a way where you're like, oh, these people are, like, freaks. And no. even, like, that scene where you witness... Roxy uh, masturbating to them having sex. Mm -hmm. It's done very quickly and it's very played off like you know this is natural. Roxy is young and she's hearing 
these two people go at it. Eventually, she's going to explore what that means for her. And mm-hmm. even Rudius is like, you know, even I know, like, this is a normal thing. And it would be shitty of me to bring it up because, like, she's just exploring herself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is, mean, like, really respectful. I think so, too. The one concern I have with the horniness of this is when they when we first hear them have sex, uh, Zenith had, like, just given birth. Like, damn. Her vagina. But she just, was horny. She I was know. Re- ready she, to go. She was still ready to go. Oh, we like, don't. We don't know that fantasy vaginas don't heal quicker. She oh, is she a healer. Also, is a healer. Yeah, she you're is right. a healer. You're she, right. she did her fucking whole ass incantation so that uh, her and uh, Paul could get back at it. Which also, Paul. Paul. Paul is the father's name, but Paul. Paul, Paul. Gray Rat. Paul. Gray. The Gray Rat is very fantasy, right? That's like, fantasy as hell. Uh, but Rudeus. Paul- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely anime that like has fan service. There's definitely anime that has a lot of horniness looking at you. Uh, <laughs> what was that one? The one that Kim Kardashian watches? The Mecca? Darling in the Franks. Darling in the Franks. Thank you. Wow. I couldn't think of that name to save my soul. That one's just like horny as hell. This one... Even No Game, No it, Life. Even No Game, No Life. Exactly. But this one, like, yes, it has the horniness, but it's always for a purpose. Right. It shows who Rudius was in his past life. It shows that he still has those tendencies, but he's actively trying to be a better person. Well, yeah. And that's the thing that I was worried wouldn't come across is that this is a story of redemption. Ultimately, yes. this is about Rudius, who was scum. Like, scum. And he had a reason for it to an extent, right? He had a lot of trauma. He a does. lot of trauma. Yes. And ultimately, even in his past life, there was parts of him that were a good person again he essentially died trying to save three other people and it seems like he succeeded right um and you know he had a lot of trauma and it led him to be a recluse so he just lost any of his social skills and he Mm -hmm. just kind of fell into just being in neat and watching porn and Mm -hmm. playing video games all day long all Mm -hmm. of us during the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) but he didn't have a pandemic to fall back on exactly so like the story is about him getting a second chance and obviously Mm -hmm. it's about him growing out of those bad tendencies as the show goes on he's he's you know he still is going to make bad mistakes because you can't just undo 40 years of experience but he can embrace the 10 years of new experiences well five years of new experiences he has here obviously the show loves its time jumps it Uh, does you know they'll just be like (laughs) the scene will change it'll be like it's been two years (laughs) yeah honestly (laughs) and they love doing it but you know the story isn't about oh oh, oh, look at rudius being a perv it's like look at rudius like succumbing to some of his old habits and learning to kind of get past them and grow as a Mm -hmm. person ultimately again be a better person yeah yeah i thought the balance was perfect i think the way that they told that part of his story was also perfect to where it it did show problematic things but i never felt gross and icky about it because immediately rudius would pivot to be like okay we're not gonna be like that again i love how the maid just avoids him his like whole five years because she's like this baby is a pervert she she clocked him She's constantly the one catching him, like, sniffing panties and stuff. Yes, and so she's always the one who sees those very low, low, low moments that he has, and she's like, I don't like this baby. But, like, same. (laughs) I guess. And she knows about Roxy's underwear that he has under his bed. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes, she does. Because I think he even says something like, ah, she, she, she found them. I wasn't going to tell anyone about it, but she found yeah. them. It was, it's like his holy grail. Yeah, he, I mean, he's understandably very in love with Roxy. She's very cool. You know, she's very, like, powerful. And, you know, I, it's such a, I love the storytelling in the show. Again, I think mm-hmm. the show's great. A, mm-hmm. before we even get to the storytelling, one of the most beautiful animes I've ever seen. Oh my yes. God. It's stunning. It was so beautiful from the the way they animated the magic, fabulous, to the character design, beautiful. And then even the backgrounds, like the world building that happens just visually is just masterfully done. All these fucking flowers are so fucking gorgeous. Come on, flowers. Yeah, the fact that this is like, again, I know it's like, um, like a joint venture between White Fox and Egg Firm to build Studio Bind, but still, there's pl- like it's it's essentially like a trigger, right? Where you are like, wow, I can't believe this is the studio's first work, but yeah. it's because like they are a combination of of like really strong studios. But ultimately, regardless, it is still Studio Bind's first work. This is still this this team's first time working together in animation, and to do it so well is insane. So well. Like it's just so beautiful. Right. Yes. Yes, it makes me want to watch what else they've done. That's how good the animation was. And I mean, there is nothing else. I mean, I think they have a series maybe coming up. But other than that, they're just working on Mashoka Tensei Season 2. I was going to say, well, you're in luck, Lauren, because you've watched everything from them. (laughs) But I'm excited to see where they go from here. You know, I hope they continue. I hope that this was enough of a success to keep them moving forward because their work is incredible yeah um but to go back to that storytelling i love again the growth of this show um something that i really enjoy is the everyone's kind of having to deal with who brutius is as a person mm-hmm. in so much as like his parents like there are moments where paul is like i wish i got to be more of a dad to him he's just so smart already mm-hmm. and you know roxy just feeling very inadequate and inadequate because she's like this kid is fucking five and he can do magic i'll never be able to do because he can cast without incantations Mm -hmm. and like you know just being like all right you're five and i've taught you all i can teach you so i have to go and keep practicing myself because clearly there's a new ceiling and you're it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know and also just like how much rudy is like even like again i like that it's like obviously again those creepy tendencies are always going to be there but like when he when she's leaving there's nothing of like oh like whose panties will i sit now or anything he's like i respect her ultimately she is my master like i consider her a very important person in my life i have a lot of respect for her and i don't want to see her go like they could have played it up in a weird way but they didn't because rudius isn't seeing her as like the lolly that he like wants to perv over he's seeing her as the person that he ultimately like respects and values who helped him to marry i mean she helped him get over one of his biggest traumas and like start recovering from that yeah i also love that writing like the line where he's like she helped me work through a trauma I didn't even realize I had, but I needed someone to work through it with me mm-hmm. was really good. She she took him outside. She she showed him how big the world was and how wonderful it is. And like, you know, yes, some people are shitty, but there are so many other people out there who aren't shitty. And she just opened up everything to him. And she didn't even realize she was doing it because he had all these memories from his past life. So ugh, it's just so so wonderful. And they almost killed a horse. 
They did almost kill did a horse. Pretty much kill a horse. <laughs> but then he came but back to life. Healing magic happens. <laughs> so we're good. So we're good. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. In case you missed last week's episode, welcome to season four of the podcast. That means a slightly different format, a different intro slash outro song, some new burning questions, but ultimately the same kawaii disappointment. Let us know what you think of the changes, what you like, what you don't like, and what you really, really like. Later this week, join us over on Patreon as we have Lauren play into the Otome world of My Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom, as our September Reduce Redo. And tune in next week for a brand new bonus segment we're calling a anime. You'll have to listen to find out what that means. All of that is obviously only available to our patrons, and you can easily become one. Hours and hours of bonus content are available immediately for just $3 a month. And more is always on the way, along with exclusive polls, Q&As, and goodies at our higher tiers. Find us on Patreon by searching for Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our Eternal Desu patrons, our $8 tier, the wonderful Skullbosh, and inimitable Alex J. They're not alone though, as we also have our amazing Super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magic Girl Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums. And our Kawaii Desu patrons, our $3 tier, Eliza L and Albany G. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. Join us again next week as we continue through Isekai Month with That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Now, back to the podcast. Surprisingly, very surprisingly, let me be Uh, clear. Okay. This is our third anime in Isekai Month, and I think our only anime in Isekai Month to feature the most famous character in any isekai that is in multiple isekai comes back with a vengeance in multiple different isekai is one of the biggest staple characters in all of japan and that's trekkun who trekkun as in the one that fucking kills everyone in every single isekai yes so (laughs) so skylar uh totally knows what i'm going with this so lord yeah it is like a trope that an isekai the way that you get isekai is you get fucking killed by you get hit by a truck villainous you get get (laughs) smacked straight down to the next world by this very final destination it's all it's a truck so often to the extent that the anime community has dubbed it truck-kun um and you know they're like truck-kun strikes again Uh, one of my favorite anime YouTubers is this guy called CJ the Champ, and he has this series called the Black Air Force, uh, like the Black Air Force Roundtable, because um, like there's a big thing where like people wearing Black Air Forces are menaces, uh, so he <laughs> picks anime characters that would be in the Black Air Force Roundtable, and he did a whole Black Air Force Roundtable episode for Truckoon because <laughs> Truckoon so is a menace. Funny. Oh my. God. <laughs> God, someone's got to stop him if he's Someone, killed multiple no, there's people. No stro- there's no stopping Trekkun. Oh, um, no. And that's why it's so surprised. And he's in so many isekai. That's why I'm so like shocked that of the five anime we are doing this month, I, again, 
again for Trakun to be the icon, the undisputable villain of early Isekai. Uh, in terms of like episode one, two, to to this be the only feature Trakun gets this month is surprising. But I'm glad we got an appearance by Trakun this month. I would have been at this point. I would have been more shocked if he hadn't appeared at least at least once. So I'm glad yeah. that I've had my official introduction to Trakun, the menace. Thought it was Dennis. It's not. It's Trakun. <laughs> Like we'll put him on a shirt where it's like Dennis with a big uh, cross out (laughs) and it's like uh, Trakun with the fucking check mark. You know, and there are cousins to Trakun, like Train Coon. Train Coon -coon takes a lot of lives. Um, So yeah, glad we got Trakun representation. Honestly. Um, And, uh, but yeah, like overall, the vibe of this anime is also just really nice. Like, I don't know. I like the, even again, even in the, like the pervier moments and stuff, like it's very wholesome the way it feels. Yes. Yes. I it love... feels very familial. When he's yes. st- oh okay, so really quick, the visuals of when he first does magic and you see like it pulsating through the veins oh, starting oh, in his beautiful. feet. God, stunning, stunning, yeah, stunning. gorgeous. It was so cool to see it. Can I say I do appreciate? Uh, so obviously, um. You know, we're talking about an anime where a guy uh, was like definitely a pervert his former life and is trying to, you know, get better. But because of that, they they love drawing them some big old titties. They love they it. Do. Uh, yeah, they, and I do, yeah. but I do appreciate that when he's born, he sees Zenith's breasts and he says, wow, those are large. Weird that I don't find them attractive, probably because this is my mom. Uh, and I'm glad yeah. that we established early on Thank he is not going to be horny for his mom because that would have, I, I think that maybe would have been a line too far for this show. Honestly. Especially in episode one. PG and I literally looked at each other like in relief. We're like, <sighs> like our, <laughs> with bated breath. Like, don't get me wrong, Zenith definitely like a knockout. So yeah. like, oh, she's a hottie. I think a lesser anime would have had to be like, I'm trying to fuck my mom. You know? Yes, yes. I'm glad uh, it. But didn't they go did this it, way. and I'm glad they did it. Yeah, I do absolutely adore the dual narration that we get, where we get Rudy's perspective from his old life, and like that older voice always coming in with his thoughts and his experiences from the past, and then you have little baby Rudy who is just figuring out his life because he's five years old. Well, and I mean, it's also like, yes, but I mean, it's the same person. It is. It is. But I love, I love getting that in the story. I think it adds a lot to it. I like that his development is obviously like quickened, but it's not like to a ridiculous level. Like there's still like the literal capacitive limits of what development is. Like Like, he's not, mm -hmm. like he can't talk as a toddler. He has to wait until he's like two or three to be able to start talking. And like walking and stuff. Like Like, the literal capacitive limits of what a toddler is able to do both mentally, you know, just with like their, the strength of their muscles and everything still hinders him, which I Mm -hmm. like because I like that they weren't like super baby, you know, baby geniuses or whatever. Boss baby. Bruce Willis in Look Who's Talking. Exactly. I mean, honestly, this is basically Look Who's Talking, the anime. (laughs) John Travolta is Paul. So, like, yeah, John Travolta is Paul. 
And then Christy Alley's Zenith. Yeah. I'll have to take your word for it. I've not seen this film. Surprising oh no one. God. It's hilarious. Surprising yeah. no one. Look Who's Talking is a ba- is a movie and it's a baby and he has an inner monologue. That's it. it you voiced get, you by got Bruce it. Willis. I mean, that sounds pretty cool to me. This is also potentially Boss Baby. <laughs> yeah. Another interesting thing in this anime is the way they handle demons. Um, okay, in that so demons Roxy's are basically just demon? like people. No, she's like full demon. Oh, she's full demon. Okay. Yeah, demons are just basically human looking with funky hair. With right. colorful hair. That's and obviously like up. there's obviously, you know, bloodline, history, all of this other stuff that goes Different into it. Different races within the demons. And obviously, you know, they, similar to some demon D&D-ish stuff where like they age differently. Um, so like this is a mini spoiler, I guess, but you find out later that Roxy's like 45. Holy shit. Yeah. She's yeah. like 15. Uh, but they don't age like at all. Like they stay young pretty much their entire lives. Uh, they and- like, yeah, they, they, um, their lifespan is like, 200 years like an elf and they look like this pretty much their entire lives like they mature right. and then like that's it like very D ish you know a lot mm. of races like this very yeah, high yeah, fantasy yeah. very um, high fantasy. you know you saw on the poster that you have an elf you know yes i did see an elf on the poster so, so the promise so of obvi- other races yeah um and obviously the world is very small right now right it's it does a good job of keeping the storytelling in within the household perspective right it, yes. it feels organic like you know everything we see is here it's in this house we only know this house we barely even know the village we know mm-hmm. that the women in the village find paul hot as fuck i mean yeah because he's always outside shirtless doing things yeah. with his sword just you know and we and we know that um you know, there are other kids in the village and stuff, but that's about all we know until Rudius leaves the leaves the house and we start seeing more of the village. And I love that storytelling where we're we're discovering the world with the character. Yes. And this feels like you said, this is very organic because you always have one character who isn't familiar with the world. That's who you tend to follow. But this does such a beautiful job of that trope to where now I want to go back and I'll be disappointed when I see it happening in other (laughs) stories because this one just handles it so well. Yeah. Well, I mean, because also technically, like, he is a part of this world. This is his world because he was born into it. So, like... It is very like a toddler well, going out for the first time. And I think Not that's toddler, what makes it child. feel so natural, right? Yeah. At exactly. no point when you're in the house do you feel like, what else am I going to see? When am I going to see more of this world? Like recently, I read this book. Lauren and I read this book. Um, and one of my big critiques of the book was I constantly felt like they were telling me about the world and not showing it to me. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to see more of it. Like I felt like I was trapped in a box the entire mm-hmm. time. Versus mm-hmm. like this, I didn't feel that way. Even though we were trapped in a box the entire time, like the world only feels as big as they let you feel it. So you're never feeling right. like, okay, when are we going to go to the next thing? When are we going to the next thing? Like it feels as big as it needs to at any given time. Right. Yes. Completely agree. I was going to say, wow, you and Lauren could read. Impressive. <laughs> we. Yeah. I didn't know you could read. <laughs> <laughs> Skylar is the Draco Malfoy of this podcast. Damn, I was going to say, that's some big Malfoy energy there, Skylar. But it um, fits. I, okay, so a thing that I really loved and uh, really related to, especially with PJ, is when they're arguing over him becoming a sword fighter and like a mage, basically. 
Oh, yeah. And they're just like, you promise. And they're like, well, you promise. And just like, and she's like, when do you keep your promises, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, that doesn't count. And then the maid is just like, you could do both. And they're like, and then they're all like affectionate and loving on each other again. Oh, she's like, damn. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Laura could definitely speak to this, but Skylar and I uh, will have like these very, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, we'll have these uh, very pointless arguments and then immediately be over them and like completely in love with each other. It's true. <laughs> I've seen this myself. <laughs> ultimately. She bore witness. She bore witness. <laughs> uh, ultimately, yeah, like literally when that fight happened where they're like starting to get really heated and then immediately are like in each other's arms being like, I love you. I was like, I literally turned to Skylar and I was like, this is us. this is us Uh, like the abc drama (laughs) oh jesus christ maybe just as many tears depends on the argument yeah so again i i cannot state how much i just fell for this anime Mm -hmm. um it's been a long time since i um sat down to watch an anime and i just blazed through it uh more often than not i'm watching in preparation because you know we know for we know quite a bit ahead what we're going to be recording Mm -hmm. so um obviously barring the future where we start having you guys do your user submitted our listener submitted episodes Mm -hmm. uh next year we're always going to know well in advance so i'm always like if i haven't seen if i've already seen the anime i've probably already watched all of it a but if i haven't seen the anime I'm just starting with episodes one and two, usually going to go to maybe five so that I have some additional context and then do some research. But this is the first time where I was like, I'm not putting this down. Like, Skylar and I were watching it and we just kept being like, another episode, another episode. We're like sitting there like yawning, struggling to stay asleep and be like, just just one more episode, please. Went to bed (laughs) at five o'clock in the morning. We're like, we gotta stop. Yeah, because it's just, it's so good. I... I am obsessed with it. I think it's great. I mean, it's a, it's our gold star anime for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. It was one of the most successful animes of last year, and um, you know, again, it garnered a lot of criticism for uh from certain audiences, and I think it's valid criticism. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. you know, I, but I don't think equating the audience to the character is really the right vibe. I did see a lot of like only like only scummy people would like this, Ew. or like oh, only no, like no, the no. bottom of society would like this. But I no, think no, 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 that's like a very um reductionist take on the story a but i also think it's a very like weirdly like blamey version of like looking how an audience interacts with media mm-hmm. ultimately i think even if you're someone who's usually averse to stuff like this like lauren and skylar tend to be it does a good enough job that it's not going to put you off from it right agreed because um, yes. it like immediately apologizes it for it and it's well and it's using it for a purpose and i think there are times where it is played up for like the smaller stuff is played up for laughs and like that's fine and i think when it is more intense there's repercussion or there's apology but that aside however you relate to it i just think the storytelling is so good the animation is so good and you know what else is really good Mm. the music Uh. So obviously, High Fantasy uh, lives and dies by its score. Mm -hmm. And Yoshiaki Fujisawa just kills it with the supporting score for this anime. Absolutely. Yeah. It's stunning. These big swelling orchestral pieces. Like when he's first casting the magic and you see the, like Skylar brought up when like the magic's running through his veins. The music Mm -hmm. that's playing during that scene is so 
awesome. Uh, um, like we talk a lot about again the the score and the OST for these animes being pretty good, and we say it's good more often than not because more often than not it is good. But mm-hmm. Mishoku Tensei has a legitimately amazing score, and it's oh, all yeah. to Yoshiaki Fujisawa and his team. I would Ugh. definitely put this on my like magic playlist uh, for like when we're doing like manifestations in the apartment and stuff. Like it's that gorgeous and yeah. like really gets you into that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, but in addition to that, we also have our OP and ED, but Lauren, yeah. you didn't get to experience the OP. I didn't. Okay. Yes. I was very confused. I was like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, so the OP <laughs> doesn't even come in until episode three. And something that you oh. miss in that is this anime does an OP like no other anime I've ever seen. Yes. This really? anime, the OP plays, but it's in the background while the show is happening. But <gasps> the but it's like stantative. Like it still feels like it's there. Like it's not quietly playing yeah. in the background. And there's credits on the screen. It to doesn't decide. have um like a dedicated OP visual. It's just stuff is happening. And even sometimes dialogue is happening while the OP is playing and credits are rolling over the screen. And wow. then once like the apex of the intro ends, you know, it has like the logo appear on the screen flash and then you continue with the show i've never seen a show handle op an op like this it's very fascinating it was very yeah i was just it's very refreshing to see and i like love i love op so much but you know sometimes you just kind of have to fast forward them especially if it's keep going as with compelling. the show yeah mm-hmm. and this allows you to have both yeah, keep the song in and not have to fast forward. So real quick, I am going to show you the OP so you oh, can okay. hear it. The OP actually changes a few times throughout the show. But the first OP that we have for the first chunk is the Traveler's Song by Yuiki Ohara. So, Lord, gut reaction, what do you think of that OP? That was beautiful. It's amazing. I think wow. it is literally one of my favorite, like, non-hype like hype OPs of all time. And even just one of my favorite OPs of all Like, it's definitely in the conversation now. Like, it's so fantastical and beautiful and whimsical. And it makes you feel, it makes you feel like, I don't know, like, like you are in this On like journey journey yeah like mm-hmm, it does mm-hmm. such a good job of capturing the energy and yeah. i think it's amazing even though the vocal yes. is very soft the the orchestra makes up for it with this huge sweeping melody it was beautiful and something i really appreciate about not having the op visuals is you don't feel like you're anything is getting spoiled for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know how we were talking about earlier how the worlds feel contained and like 
there's nothing, you know, realizing and seeing that visual, uh, you know, play above it. I was just like, oh, okay, so we get to see a whole bunch more of the world. And I really like that I didn't have to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it helps with that storytelling. I, I agree. Yeah, I absolutely love this OP. Uh, but I also really like this ED. So let's yeah. talk about our ED. Uh, it is also by Yuiki Ohara. All the OP, ED, everything is always done by Yuiki Ohara. Uh, and our ED is only... very into this song it kind of sounds like a lullaby but it also has some really great crescendos in it to make it feel like exciting so i i loved it i thought it was great can i say and maybe you didn't get this fine but i just kind of agreed on this the first beginning part the guitar this guitar chords i every time i'm like the second op from ranking of kings is about to play oh my god I was like, is this, where's Boji? Is this a crossover episode? Oh, I would have loved it. Oh, the art style, I don't think would mesh. But, oh my God. But I love this ED. It is very good. Uh, mm. So good. And this is a weird thing that when it when it played at the end of episode two, I just assumed it was one of those moments where they play the e, the OP at the, the OP end. first. Yes. Like, you know how sometimes they'll play it at the end of episode one or something? Yeah, like, yeah, did, yeah. like Demon Slayer? Sure. And, like, that's just a credit to how good this ED is that I was like, this could be an OP. Like, this could be the selling point. It doesn't need to be the come down or anything. No. Like, no, no, this no. could be it. And it's not, it's just a great ED and a great OP. It's, it's just great. Great ED. Oh, I love it so much. Um, <laughs> No, like, it's just so beautiful, and it's not as, like, old-sounding. It's a little bit more modern-sounding, but, Very like, much. it still feels timeless. Yes, I completely agree. And then, yeah. again, it's just, like, such a sprawling, oh, just visuals, right? It's just, it's stunning, and I'm always in awe. And I like how it's mostly his village. We get to see all the detail, like, in all the flowers and trees. It's gorgeous. Look at this sunset. Like look at the at very it. beginning of the ending, look, this sunset, the stone, uh, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So yeah, great music overall in this anime. I mean, everything in this anime is great. Uh, but let's talk more about that music as we move on to our segment. What modern or contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Lauren, yeah. uh, I know you yeah. just heard that OP for the first time, so I don't expect you to have a selection. So legitimately, if you don't have anything, don't feel bad. But was there even a moment where you were like, oh, this kind of ish reminds me of this? Kind of, kind of. This is with like not having any research or not confirming, but um, there is a song by Celtic Woman called Homeland that that might work. Watch Lauren sweep us. No, Hell I yeah. don't think so. This is my home.
I think for a gut reaction, that's amazing. Yeah, like, it's a great choice. It definitely has like that's that like bright, airy energy with that obviously that very like whimsical, fantastical, very Celtic-y sound. Right. Thank you. I feel like it's like a little bit faster, but it's amazing. It's an amazing choice. Yeah. I honestly even think it's better than my choice. Oh, um, that, you can't, that can't be right. No, I think it is. Um, so I I feel like I cheaped out on my answer. Okay. Um, it's definitely a cheap blow, but not in a way where it's like because it's an obvious winner, just because I feel like I found a, like immediately, like even when we were watching it, I even kind of mentioned to Skylar like, oh yeah, this is kind of like this. And that's like a jumping off point if you were to pick your OP and ED, but like I ended up just sticking with it. And but I do think it should be a jumping off point. I do not think it's a fully right answer uh, because the vibe is similar, but very little else. And if you're anywhere on TikTok in uh, on the D side or anything, you know the song. I went with "Soldier Poet King" by the Oh Hellos. Yeah, definitely the vibes. Yeah. It's great. I think this is a great choice. I think it is a great choice, but I feel like there's a much better choice that this was a jumping off point for, but I just stuck at the jumping off point. <laughs> it happens. I get it. Sometimes that's the right answer. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't get it out of your head. Yeah. You know, uh, Kylie well, Minogue. Yeah. I, I just can't get it out of my head. Uh, all right, Skylar, let's see who you went with. So I also went with Celtic Women. Oh, hey. <laughs> or, I mean, Celtic Woman. Um, specifically, uh, the song Last Rose of Summer slash Walking in the Air uh, medley. Children gaze, open mouthed, taken by surprise. Nobody- yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, it's very good. It's Celtic Woman. Also, mm-hmm. like Lauren picked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Celtic woman, clearly the vibe here. I think Leo Hillos also fit somewhere in that conversation. Um, so yeah, good choices all around for that OP. I think your vocals match the most, PJ, because Celtic woman tends to go very high. High. Yeah, but I but think But I think Celtic that... woman's like, vibe is a lot, yes. a little bit closer than the Oh Hellos. As close as the Oh Hellos are. And the song I picked, Match the Whimsy. Yeah, so you need the Celtic Woman orchestration, and you need the Oh Hello's vocals. Hell yes. So let's move on to our ED, which was only. Lauren, who'd you pick for that? Okay, I'm not particularly proud of my choice, but <laughs> the... Oh, me either. <laughs> okay. I am. I want to be clear. Oh, you oh, go that's left. the evil, maniacal laugh. I love that. Okay, great. Love this for me. Anyway, um, the vocals kept reminding me of Vanessa Carlton, so that's ending. Oh my God. who I ended up going Lauren, with. Did you go with what? Ordinary Day by Vanessa Carlton? Yes, I did. That's yes, what I, I did. went with. <laughs> no. Did we all go no. with Ordinary Day by Vanessa Carlton? <laughs> you guys yes. should be proud because it's the right choice. No, 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 no. Let me be clear. You guys were proud. I'm proud because it is the right choice. We oh all went with Ordinary God. Day by Vanessa Carlton because it is the yes. right choice. Let me be clear. We all killed it here because we are all right. It is Ordinary Day by Vanessa Carlton. I cannot. Literally listening to like the middle of the song, I was just like, "Oh, this is fucking ordinary day." I I was ready to blow you guys away by being literally 
no time. Because it's so obvious. It's yes. so obvious. Yes. No, no, you guys should not feel bad. You should feel good. We are all right. <laughs> we are all right. I just, I felt like maybe the voice was a little off, nope, like a little perfect. bit deeper. And if you honestly play them side by side like I did, it's actually very similar registers. Okay, okay good. Okay, well. I just felt, you know, kind of like you did for the first song where I was like, this is a good jumping off point, but I'm sure there's something else mm-hmm. out there. I just can't think of it. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I've never been happier. Wow, this is, is this, this is a amazing. is this a first that we all want the I, same artist only, and song? We've definitely. I, this is a first. I think this is the most cohesive we've ever been. The fact that there were two Celtic women in the OP and all three of us. I don't think we've ever done a. We've done double same song. We've never done triple same song. I don't think. But listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. We did one triple, and that was Super Crooks, because we were all like, this is Kissed oh, by Prince. that's true. That was Kissed yeah. by Prince. But see, oh, that was yeah. even interesting, because for that one, it's different, because we were all like, this is obviously Kissed by Prince. This one, I think it's so funny that you were both like, I'm not proud of my choice. <laughs> and I was sitting here right. like, um, I have um, the right I'm answer. I'm very confident. <laughs> and it's so all this, is our second, this is our second triple. You're right. Uh, <laughs> and this is uh, even more hype than the last triple. <laughs> oh, my God. Because, I mean, this one I didn't see coming. The other one was definitely Prince. This one I was like, I, I was Crosby ready to the play them I side got. by side for you guys to show you how right I was. And I'm glad I don't have to. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Shake Give me a cigarette. Shook. That was amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so happy. This is amazing. <laughs> one of the best modern contemporary artist segments we've ever had. <laughs> We're never gonna. We're never gonna reach. Never this gonna again. top this. Oh um, my god! But with, with that said, that is the end <laughs> of our music segment. Oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, we're gonna have to <laughs> take a quick break just to gather ourselves after that hype, and also to watch some additional clips, some additional context, and get Lauren's closing thoughts on Mashoko Tensei. So we're gonna do that. We'll be right back. Stay tuned, everyone. All right, we're back. We are Lauren. Watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional magic spells, uh, waifus, uh, <laughs> pervy moments, not so pervy moments, heroic moments, magical moments, and everything in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lauren, tell me, after all of that, obviously we've talked at length about the things that could make someone not like um, Shoko Tensei Jobless Recordation, but the things that make it worthwhile in the end regardless. Now... Obviously, we know your opinion was before seeing more of the show, but perhaps seeing more of the show made you realize that it's going to continue on and be more than you can handle, or that the show progresses past it, deal with it, and continue watching this amazing show. But it's really your determination to make, as I ask you the question, Lauren, would you keep watching Mashoko Tensei Jobless Reincarnation? So what I had anticipated this being ended up being completely different from anything I think I could ever have imagined, but it sold me 100%. Like from the first second it started, I was like, I'm, I'm in, even though he was problematic in his past life. Rudius is definitely my favorite. I love him so, so much. And I love this journey that he's going on to be a better person. So yeah, I'm going to continue. I think it was a foregone conclusion from the beginning yeah you know Rudius's journey is just so enjoyable to watch like he's definitely a great main character and honestly easy to have as your favorite character mm-hmm definitely um but yeah ultimately a kawaii success in the book you absolutely love to see it 
Uh, I know Skylar and I loved it, so we are a foregone conclusion. But we're not the only people we're concerned about here today. So I'm going to ask you our big question. Would you recommend Mashoko Tensei Jobless Reincarnation to someone just starting their anime journey? Yes. Yeah, I would. I think this is a really good introduction to the world. I... I hesitate on this one because of the because pervy? I wor- I worry that if it's someone's first time, the pervy's too much. I feel like even you, still being you know a newbie to the scene, have seen way pervier. So like this is so downstated. Mm-hmm. I wonder if early on the podcast Lauren would have been as okay with it as current podcast Lauren is. That's fair. I personally think I would have been because the pervy stuff that I have issues with is this the stuff that gets pervy for no reason. This always has a purpose and like we've talked about so much today. Um he corrects and he course corrects and he's like, "Okay, that was too much. I shouldn't think like that anymore. I need I need to step back." So it automatically yeah, apologizes and recorrects for it. So, you know, all these things exist in real life. What do you think, Skylar? So I'm very much in the same boat with the hesitation because I feel like, you know, it can be someone who just does not care to see any of that stuff in any kind of form. I would definitely have to know the person and know what their tastes and likes. Like, is it a person with like raunchy humor and stuff like that? Then like, absolutely. Yes. You know, it, it's just one of those like, I need to know like who this person is. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I think we're still figuring out this recommendation segment and so far we've had recommend and don't recommend but i think i'm going to introduce our middle crown our middle ground just like we have a kawaii desu meh i'm going to introduce our viewer discretion is advised that is what i'm going to call this viewer discretion is advised i think you can recommend it to someone starting their journey you just need to make sure you just need to make sure that they're the type of person who is okay with this type of content right that's fair. And as long as like you know that they either are going to be okay with it, are going to find it funny, or you just give them enough of a warning in advance, I think you. this is such an amazing, beautiful, stunning, well-written anime mm-hmm. that it will encapture them regardless. But if it's someone that is going to be put off by it, maybe avoid it. Mm-hmm. But whereas something like No Game, No Life is just maybe goes too far, as you know, our other, our previous not recommend, I think this does it in a passable way where I think if your discretion is advised, you could definitely recommend this to someone's first anime. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so we have our kawaii success in the book. Our viewer discretion is advised rating for someone's first anime. Seems like there's only one thing left to do. It's time, everyone, for Is There an AMV for That? AMV Anime Music Videos Is there an All right, Lauren, you know the rules. Give me your song and artist for Mashoko Tensei. This one, I went a little cheesy, but I couldn't help myself at the end of the day. I ended up going with Go the Distance from Hercules. Oh, I love it. I know. Because it's all about needing to prove yourself. Yes. All right, Lauren. (laughs) As much as I do think, you know, he does have to go the distance and grow, the AMV community does not seem to agree as there is no AMV for Mashoka Tensei to Disney's Hercules go the distance. So, as is tradition, when we get a zero pointer so far, we go through and see what the top three AMVs are for the anime. So, 
by view counts, our top three AMVs are I Want It by 310, a Spanish song called Tacones Rojos oh. by Letra, which uh, Tacones Rojos is uh, Red Heels. Okay. So far, both of these are Eris AMVs, which you only met briefly in the context. Sure, right. And our third one is to the song Rise Up by the Fat Rat. Yeah, so I'm not familiar with any of those songs. So again, it's Tacones Rojos, I Want It, and Rise Up. I think the first AMV that I actually recognize mm-hmm. is maybe the fifth one down, uh, and it is Am I Wrong by Nico Vince. Oh. You know that? Am I Wrong? Yes, yes. That song. A song I know. One song I know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let me see how far I have to go down to see when you guys know. But so those are the top three. But obviously, currently we are at a zero. But perhaps we're going to salvage this one. Because it's time, Lauren, for the super secret, not so secret bonus round. Do you think there is an AMV for Mashoku Tenson for Evanescence? Bring me to life. All right, Lauren. This anime clearly has a very eclectic slew of AMV selections and yeah. clearly not one with many popular selections that it is fairly newer. It is so perhaps new. it's a no, but the content might speak for itself. So tell me, the test of your evanescence has arrived. <laughs> is there an AMV from Shoko Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation? God, I'm like sweating. Um, I mean, he's literally brought back to life. By being reincarnated? Sure. Sure. Yeah, why not? It exists. I was positive this was going to be the stumper. Positive. This was going to be the final, the fu- the first failure of the Evanescence. And I was wrong because, of course, there is at least one AMV to Mashoko Tensei to Evanescence Bring Me to Life. Oh, my God. Uh- <laughs> Lauren, I'm so proud of you. I, I oh, thought no. I thought we had you this time. I oh, thought it was it because I wouldn't have assumed there would be one. I I was leaning towards no, but then I don't know. I don't know. I was like, he was brought back to life. Technically, technically, someone out here doing some, God's work. Someone, someone out here. But you knows. know what? We really, I do think we have found Lauren's superpower, and it really is this evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> you know those questions where they're like, "What's your useless superpower?" Lauren has hers. <laughs> <laughs> and to always know if there's an AMV to have an essence bring me to life for an anime, at least until now, so far we are undefeated with oh this Evanescence. That day. is one point, a kawaii Jesus. success, a viewer discretion is advised, and another successful journey through a potentially problematic but ultimately amazing anime. Oh, oh I'm such so a happy. great anime. Yeah, I had such a fun time with this one. Uh, I'm glad you had a fun time, but more importantly, I hope our listeners had a fun time. I hope they had a good time i hope they had a thank god he actively stated he wasn't horny for his own mom's breast time a man whore runs in the bloodline time and a go outside and face your fears time but until next time we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment i've been pj i've been skylar i've been lauren and if you know anyone who is going through a hard time and is maybe agoraphobic it's not best to just force them out to it but help them through it all right bye everyone (laughs) bye (laughs) the more you